The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by real estate broker, Michelle Martin. Michelle, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. Happy to be here. A part of your title, right, is the advocate, educator, and fundraiser for, um, well, I'll let, you, I'll let you tell it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I spent uh, many years, uh, close to 30 years, with the National Alliance of the Mentally Ill. And through that organization, I have worn a variety of different hats. So that's where that comes in. Um, also, for the past two years, I have been serving in the psychedelics arena with different nonprofits in the and those uh, similar capacities. That's so awesome. So exciting. I mean, it's the psychedelic stuff is just, it's its pioneering. It is. It is. We're, we're uh, you know, going back to the 50s and 60s. You know, that was the cutting edge research in psychiatry. Absolutely. Right? So we're, we're back. It's so funny because, you know, well, it's not funny. It's, it's sad, right, in the sense that uh, we, we've, we've kept this from uh, society, from, from healing, from health, from mm-hmm. all those things, right? But you found a way to be involved but also do your real estate thing. And it seems like you've really found a way to balance both worlds very well. Yeah, well, I, I I appreciate that. I don't know I don't know if I if I'd say well, but I do give it my all. I give it my heart and soul. Um, I am very passionate about helping others that aren't able to use their voice, and that's where the advocacy comes in. Um, but when it comes to also when it comes to psychedelics, there is this whole world that I mean we haven't even tapped into yet, right? When I remember when someone, when I was younger, someone said, well, we only use a certain percentage of our brain. And I automatically got so interested in the brain. Because I think, well, why is it so big then when we only can access so much? So I think uh, psychedelics uh, is going to lead us into a way where we can really access and get into areas um, that that we haven't explored before. And a lot of healing, a lot of healing comes. Absolutely, and there really is. I'm a testament to it. So right, um, same. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that's why it's exciting for me. But you know, um, did that have a lot to do as far as? I mean, take me through it. You're, you've been here for quite a while now in Chicago, yeah. but grew up for the most part from the age of 10 in Colorado. Yes. Yeah, but Colorado is one of those states where uh, psychedelics and, and, and certain you know, just drugs being decriminalized allows for that research, for uh, just that curiosity to be met a little bit with some of the things that are going on. Were you at all a part of that? Was that just before your time kind of Way thing? Way before, yeah. So I was in Colorado Springs in the 80s. Gotcha. So it was a while ago. And it was funny because I was thinking about my life there when I was before I came in here. And that world, it was such a homogenous society, right? It was transient, but culturally it was very white. In, and the exposure that I had was very limited. Um, we, we didn't have, you know, I wasn't someone who, um, you know, in high school, you know, got involved with cannabis. I mean, it was a very different world. I grew up as an oldest child with a pretty strict dad. So, you know, I kind of kept on the straight and narrow when I lived there. And I'm sure that there were a lot of really interesting people um, trying to keep psychedelics alive. Maybe it was underground. Of course, it was underground back then. Um, but I was way too young, you know, yeah, I was way yeah, too young yeah. to be part of that. So how did real estate become uh, the, the part of your life that, you know, sustains it? Yeah, you know, um, I got into real estate in my 
was early to mid 30s. Um, my, my dad was a general contractor and developer. So I grew up you know, going to open houses. I grew up him you know, driving me to the job site. He'd hand me a broom and you know, I'd have my tasks for the day, you know, and I clean toilets and you know, you name it. So I under I learned hard work, but I also um, was able to watch him. So I got a general grasp of, okay, this is how you build a house. This is what goes into it. These are the mechanics. Not that I ever claimed to be a GC, but I do understand some fundamentals. Um, and when I jumped into it, I um, it had left corporate America and my real estate broker at the time said we were looking at a two flat because I was buying real estate in Chicago and I was a landlord about 20 years ago I started. She said, just get your license already. And I said, oh, no, no. you know, making that leap, right, was, was a big thing. You know, being in corporate America for, you know, almost 15 years and having oh, wow. that safety net, yeah. right? Um, but when I look at my, you know, my, who I am, my, you know, my father was an entrepreneur, my mother, I have 33 aunts and uncles, very large extended family, I know, right? And majority of them are entrepreneurs. So, and their children. It's in the blood. So it's in the blood, right? So that, you know, that for me, um, I didn't think about that at the time, but I think it was there like in my subconscious. I think it just gave me that confidence for what it was. Um, I also had, had sold the very first condo that I purchased, um, and, and I had made a, a nice profit. Um, so that was sort of my, you know, safeguard, right? I had a little bit of money in case this didn't go well, and that was really helpful. What have you really taken on as far as a brand for yourself? Because it seems like it's evolved, right? You've, yeah. you've just evolved, like, as a person. Yeah. How have you seen yourself evolve as a real estate broker through all this? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I um, when I first, um, the, the, the brokerage I'm with right now is at Properties. And when I first got involved with that Properties in 08, I joined into their mentorship program. Nice. Um, I love mentoring. I loved my mentors, right? And I had some very significant mentors growing up. Um, so as I you know, of course, of course, I get into real estate, and then all of, all of a sudden the market changes. You know, I started in real estate back in 2006 with Jameson, before it was Jameson Sotheby's, another another great brokerage. And when, um, so I had some downtime, right? So when I got into real estate, I had some downtime because now we've got 2009, 2010, and it got really quiet. Yeah. So I started thinking, okay, how do I, you know, what is it that I love about real estate? I love meeting people. I love understanding people. I love watching biographies. I love helping people. And I thought about how to to also take that, that skill that I feel like I had honed a bit, which was being a mentor and adding that to the mix. And so I started a team. And the team um, today is, I'd say, a little bit more of a non-traditional team, where we have, you know, teams in the real estate world, and they operate very well. You have ten people, and two people work with buyers, and two people work with sellers, and some people handle the transaction, and and all of that works very well. Um, but for me, I wanted something a little bit non-traditional. So, um, I my my team operates in the sense where I try to empower them. I try to empower them to create their own brand. They don't have to use my name or our group's name. Um, I want them to feel good about themselves. Um, and with that, they have grown quite a bit. Um, so that's that's been something that um, that I've learned and I really am, I'm just, I, I feel so good about, you know? I feel so good about. Um, so I serve as a mentor there. Um, and, you know, with real estate, you 
have the opportunity to create your own schedule. And with that, I've, you know, been a volunteer, you know, since my early twenties. Wow. So it gave me the opportunity to, to do that even more, yeah. right? Cause I'm not, I'm not going to an office, um, or I'm not traveling as much for work, I'm not traveling really at all for <laughs> work, right? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to fix this real quick. I mean, that's so awesome. And you know, to hear you about your volunteering and one, you said, you know, non-traditional or that you're not traditional, but nothing about you is traditional, right? Nothing. Yeah. I don't think the way you approach anything <laughs> is. So what is it about? I mean, I'm trying to understand the real estate component to this, right? Because for you, you're so passionate about all these other things that you really taking this into what real estate is with entrepreneurships and, and building this brand where um, the one thing I, I, I kind of want to get across is you're allowing others to build their brand as well and identify with who they are, not just saying I'm, I'm part of this team or, you know, kind of lost in that identity, right? Mm -hmm. But it seems like for you, that's also part of this journey of mental health and all these other things that you connect with people in that that's really your brand in the sense of, of wanting to help beyond the transaction, wanting to help and really connect with that individual where I think that gets lost in the industry now a little bit too much, right? Yes. Where the, the, the vanity is there, but the superficiality and, and that meaningful connection seems to get lost. How do you, in a space where that seems to be more the norm, create a brand that stands out and also not just on a brand for being superficial, but really to connect with others to from this place of passion that you have for mental health and that really affects everybody. Yeah. You know, I think um, it, it's about being, it's about being vulnerable with clients and it's about being very open with clients and getting to know them. So um, for the most part, I mean, some clients have moved out of state, but every client that I've worked with, we've become friends Yeah, and we have a relationship with, I have a relationship with them and I feel like I'll get phone calls and asking opinions about things. I'll get phone calls that are more on the personal side. So a little bit of therapy goes into it, but they know that I've got their back and they know that I will do whatever it takes to represent them in a, in a very positive way and a, and helped. And I think also part of it is helping them understand every piece of the equation, right? Knowledge is, is power. So when I go into a transaction, um, and while I'll have a conversation with clients, rather than say, okay, well, this is the beginning and this is the end, we, we walk through the process and I point out what are the, what can you anticipate? What are the five or 10 potential outcomes at every step of the way? So the more we understand that, the more I believe they have the opportunity to get what they want, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and, and, but you're also being this therapist, I mean, that every realtor has to be, yeah, right? Totally. These whole things. How do you take into account the things that you've learned from a, uh, from a holistic, you know, health and wellness type of approach to your life, right? And, and everything you, in, in, into real estate, because it, I feel like it needs it, <laughs> where a lot of times you don't get that kind of service, right? It's, it's very, in a sense, cold or transactional. You're really offering something very unique just from being you. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of it is the, the whole get to know process, get to know them, get to understand what they're passionate about. Um, I think also a big key to it is being an active listener and having respect for the conversation. Um, my, my dad was, you know, he, he taught me so many wonderful skills. And one of them it was to, when someone, when you're having a conversation with someone, 
um, you know, he would be able to be in a room and you'd watch him work the room and he'd have a conversation with someone and he would be able to tell you, everybody in that room, what they did for a living, uh, what they were interested in, who they were. And I think from that, you know, you, when you give someone your undivided attention and when you ask questions, which is so important, right? Asking questions, finding out more, digging deeper. So not just taking what your clients are, you know, you're, you're giving some facts at face value, but really digging into well, why, why is that? What is the other option that you could look at? So I spend a lot of time early on in the real estate when I meet a client having discussions. We do a lot of prep work. And so I really get to know them. Right? So it's not just about, okay, I'm looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath condo in this neighborhood. Okay, great. I'll see you on Saturday. I'll give you some, we'll, we'll look at some properties. We have hours and hours of conversations before that. So I really try to get to know them. And that makes their life, I think, less stressful. Um, I think it makes the process a lot more enjoyable. Um, and it, it becomes happy. I mean, you know, it becomes a, a, a happy process. It's, it can be a very stressful process. Buying a home, buying a condo, buying any kind of property, it's a, it's a big commitment. Absolutely, you know? it is. I mean, I went through it myself. I know. It was, <laughs> you know, it was stressful. It's very right? stressful. It's very stressful. Yeah. Now, and now you had a lot of mentors getting into it, you know, the business and, and yeah. still have some of those. And you're a mentor, obviously, uh, to others. One of the things that you had, even as you're mentioning now uh, about you asking questions, right? This this idea of speaking up and people being afraid to speak up mm -hmm. is something that um, you were very passionate about and, and sharing with me. How do you translate that to the people that you're mentoring and that you're bringing up or, or coaching in the industry to, to have some of these things where it's not a natural thing for a lot of people? Yeah, I think um, part of the reason people don't speak up is um, they don't feel maybe as confident in doing so, right? I mean, they're maybe confident internally, but they're not always maybe, um, it's, it's sort of like I give an analogy of like being able to public speak, right? You know, not everyone is born a public, a natural public speaker, mm -hmm. right? Even the people that are amazing public speakers have gone through that process. Absolutely. So trying to help people start from early stages and feeling more comfortable about themselves and about what they're, about what they're looking to achieve, and then be able, being able to vocalize that and being comfortable with that. Um, you know, it is most people don't like confrontation. Yeah. Most people don't want to get into an argument. Um, so, you know, I think there's ways to avoid that by asking questions, by understanding the big picture, by understanding the anticipations, by understanding all the outcomes. The more information somebody has and they learn that, the more confident they're going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's so, so true. And I mean, from what I'm hearing too, you have a, quite the plan to, to grow and, and, and to be, I guess, I don't want to say a mentor, that sounds but more of a, a leader, right, in the space where it's not just about the real estate component of it to you, but it's really about building this community and, and giving people the freedom and flexibility to be in them and find out who they really are mm -hmm. through that. Yeah. How have you evolved that community or connecting with the community so it's not just within the real estate realm, but really beyond that? I know you're very involved with, for example, veterans. You have a huge heart for yeah. veterans as well, right? Yeah. So you're, you're kind of creating this community that's centered around you. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I don't think about it being centered around me, right? And, um, but uh, there, there are, you know, we all go through experiences in life and some experiences really 
pull at your heartstrings. And um, veterans is one. I, I, I was at a VA uh, in a work capacity for in an educational work capacity about 20 years ago. And I'd never been into a VA before. And I got in the car and I sat in the car um, and I cried for two hours. Wow. I knew it was at least an hour and a half because I got on the highway. I was in the northern suburb and I was in traffic for two hours coming home and it was rush hour. Usually I try to time that better, <laughs> you know, but um, I, I have a huge spot in my heart for people that are doing things that I'm not capable of doing and are giving of themselves right and and they're giving them of themselves with not asking for anything in return i think there's something very very special about that absolutely they're special souls absolutely and so you know i know you're doing a lot is and with the volunteering stuff what about if there are other real estate professionals that want to get involved with this stuff how you know what advice would you give one for just finding uh, uh an organization a, a you know a mission that resonates with the individual and then taking those yeah. initial first, you know, the difficult steps that are required to actually get something done. Yeah, I, I think it starts with what um, makes your heart sing, what what gets your, you know, what gets you up in the morning? What is it that, that you're passionate about, right? And then finding different organizations, different charities, maybe it's serving to help a nonprofit that's operating a startup online, but giving of yourself because if you're, you're going to work differently if it is a subject matter that you're passionate about, yeah. right? You don't think about it as work. And I think about like, for example, when I got involved in the psychedelic space a couple years ago, you know, I am not paid, right? That is, I call that serving. Um, and I don't think about, when I first started working at it, I don't think about the fact that I'm not getting paid um, because that doesn't even enter my mind because I'm, because there's so much energy and so much love for um, this healing potential power that is, coming into this coming back into this world yeah you know so i that that would be my advice find something that really that really you resonate with you know, that makes you happy knowing that with your help you could make a difference and, ev and everyone's got something Everybody. you know Everybody. Yeah. absolutely absolutely totally. and you know I, I never like to think about it like this because it's it seems even as the thinker of it that by doing something good even though you're doing it for the right reasons that ultimately it comes back to you, right? That yeah. So it's not like you go out and do it because it's gonna bring you some ROI or whatever. Yep. Like you do it for the right reasons, but there is also those benefits of as you do these things, you'll meet other people, you'll meet like-minded people, yes. friends that turn into clients or vice versa, right? So how have you seen just your involvement in, 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 in the good sense, right? In the sense of you're not doing it for an outcome, but because it's the right thing to do. How have you noticed that you benefited in your business from that? In the crossover with that, well, you know, there, and I'll be honest with you, I think back to, I work, I've worked a lot with um, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill um, in a variety of different capacities with them. Um, I, have, I have had a few clients from uh, one of the groups that I led called Family to Family, which were um, helping family members um, cope with and understand what it meant to be um, taking care of or having a family member with suffer from mental illness. Yeah. Um, I did have a couple clients come out of that group. Um, and I, they told me, I, I, I feel like I know you, right? Because I'm in a position where I'm being vulnerable and I'm showing myself. Absolutely. So there was a, a immediate connection there. Um, on the, on the psychedelic 
end of things, I have not. You know, that that initiative and those efforts have really been spanning worldwide. Um, I, I, I am working with the on the board of the Illinois Psychedelic Society. Um, that is a, a recent appointment. I mean, um, that is tough when you're here in a state that's yeah. illegal. Like, and then how there's that. Build community around well, that, we right? do have a, a bill coming. So it's, you know, we're, I do think that we might have some potential to have some decrim movement here in Illinois. Um, that's but, refreshing. Which is really refreshing. Um, but my involvement has really been more worldwide. Not that I don't, I don't have clients in different countries, but um, they those two haven't merged yet. Yep. You know, the psychedelic world is still... It's still pretty small, Very, yeah. right? And it still carries some stigma, you know. Um, I, I and with that though, and I'm finding too, and I haven't, you know, seen this connection with real estate, but it's made me so excited because I will talk openly about psychedelics, and I'll talk openly about psychedelics to my relatives that are, you know, older than I am, and I talk about the opportunity for healing, and I talk about the benefits and. You know, just by doing that, now they ask me questions. Now they've read different books. Now they're interested in learning more. And and for me, that that, that just makes me smile. You Absolutely. Know? It's exciting to honestly watch your career unfold because it is it's all happening at the same time that these, like you said, these hopefully these these bills that get passed and uh, more research gets done. But I think it's, it's a great example of how real estate brokers can be more than just a broker, right? That that helping people through a transaction that you're an expert on doesn't limit you from exploring other passions and finding ways to connect with people through those mediums, right? Yep. That even if you're not necessarily, it, you know, in the community where you're going to get referrals for your business, but having a conversation and being open about it could lead to someone saying, hey, I want to work with you because we think alike. Yeah. Right? Right. Right. That, you you get it. You, you you get what's inside my head. Absolutely. <laughs> so what's next for you on that note? What, what's, what's the you know, 2022 and beyond look like uh, for you, your team, your brand? Yeah. You know, well, we're, uh, we're in a... Um, uh, a little bit of a different market right now, you know, not so much inventory, not a ton of buyers out, um, you know, the projection of having, you know, more more rate increases. Um, so it's to, you know, to keep moving, to keep helping people uh, make decisions whether this is the right time. There's, I think, with what we dealt with with COVID um, and everything that the country and the world has been through for the last couple of years, there's a lot of hesitancy. Yep. Um, and the decisions Decision making isn't uh, maybe historically like it used to be. The trends aren't historically like they used to be. So I think just being open to and accept change, right? The word pivot has been used mm -hmm. a ton, right, in our world. Um, but we, we have to be ready to change. You have to be ready for anything that comes our way. Um, I, I'm super excited about the work that uh, that NAMI is, of uh, uh, Greater Chicago is doing. Uh, they're expanding. They're, there's so many programs around, um, you know, helping uh, children, helping college students. You know, we do work with the police academy, um, and watching those and helping those programs grow as much as possible to reach as many people as possible. Now we're living in a world now that, you know, we can reach a lot more people than we used to be able to. Right. I mean, Absolutely. I'm not driving down the street to try to get something signed in, in the fax machine. Didn't, you know, didn't print it out. Right. Oh, I got the wrong. You know, now everything can be done a lot faster. Yeah. And um, but there's also that that reach. Right. Where you're you know, you you tell someone one thing and that can go on someone's social media thread. And next thing you know, you've got thousands of people that hear a message. Yep. Right. So I think keeping 
um, it, keeping that forward movement to share the message, to share positive messages, um, and to help others as they travel through life, help them become, help them be more vulnerable and open um, to help discover themselves. I love that. Well, that's very right? exciting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very, stuff. very exciting. Well, if you're out there and listening and you feel like you connect with Michelle and want to reach out, I would encourage you to do so. She'll get that email that you'll fill out in the forum located on our website. But Michelle, just thank you for coming in, for sharing your story and, and for being a pioneer in a space that really is helping people with uh, all sorts of things. Awesome. You're too kind. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate this very much.